Welcome to the secret life of cookies, where we try to solve the world's problems through the miracle of carbohydrates, one recipe at a time, with host Marissa Rothkoff and her dog, Bosco. Hello, and welcome to the first podcast of the year. Well, it's my first podcast of the year. I suspect you guys out there probably listened to a whole slew of them already. But anyway, my first guest of this year is CNN legal analyst, Elliot Williams, who brings his background at the Department of Justice, sound familiar, the Department of Justice, to some of this week's big news stories. Call me prescient, but I have an inkling this is a year we're going to need a lot of legal analysis. Elliot's other expertise is as a baker. So to the tune of sedition, yep, that's right, think Fiddler on the Roof, we bake peach pecan rugelach in honor of Georgia. It's a bit of a story, but we'll explain inside. Thank you again for joining us. I would like to welcome you all back to the Secret Life of Cookies 2022 version. And my first guest for the year is the ever delightful Elliot Williams from CNN and many other things, it turns out. He's more than just a pretty face on CNN talking about legal affairs. He is a, you're, you're a lawyer. <laughs> that's, that's what they tell me. Yeah. And yeah, not just a fake TV lawyer, actually a lawyer. Actually a lawyer. And you work um, in a number of different or two different jobs, it seems to me, in the Obama administration. The Department of Justice. I've heard about that recently. The yeah, Department of Justice. It's, it's, yeah, this this little upstart um, sort of startup within the government doesn't really do all that much. Isn't really active these days. Yeah, <laughs> we're here to squash that myth because this has been a week. It seems to me of squashing the myth of the Department of Justice doing nothing. Yes, hundred percent, one hundred percent, and. It's, you know, I think the biggest criticism, and so I think what you're referring to is just yesterday, and um, you know, this won't, this will air in a few days, but we're, we're taping today, we're talking today on Friday, right? Thursday of this week, the 13th, a number of individuals were charged with seditious conspiracy in the context of the January 6th insurrection, which is remarkable because the biggest criticism and complaint being lodged against the Justice Department was they're not going after the big fish, they're not going after the planners. Well, this is people who conspired, even some of whom weren't even in the Capitol on the day um, to commit an act of insurrection. So it, it is big. They are doing stuff. We'll get into that, I think, a little bit deeper. I will also. But before we do that, I want to talk about since this is a podcast and there's not that many visuals associated with it. It's all in our head. This whole thing. So much of my life is all in my head. Huh. Um, <laughs> we're going to be baking while we do this, because that is how we go about our existence here. And I want to talk to you a little bit about you baking and being opinionated on CNN, which is fascinating what you're doing there. It's very nicely parallel to what we do here on this podcast. But I also want to say that in the early days of this week, we decided we were going to bake something together. And we chose we chose a theme. What was the theme that we have since that, decided yes, it was so quaint? It, it was, and it was so perfect and spot on. It was peaches. For Georgia, because number one, the Georgia Bulldogs won the national championships to start the week. So that's the first thing. Right. Number two, President Biden was in Georgia talking about voting rights and, and the filibuster and so on. So we figured let's make peach and pecan, two 
things that are grown and special in Georgia and let's put them in Ruglach and just make something tied to Georgia. That blew up later in the week because, it's, because there's so much more, more than the Georgia Bulldogs this week. Who knew? So much more. And we also have the uh, Fulton County DA, Fannie Willis, talking about yeah. maybe bringing some charges against it sometime. Sometime. It's some point. Let's not, we're not. None of that. Huh? Um, it's going to, but, but she made it sound like something may happen as far as you're not supposed to call the attorney general of the state and say, hey, can you find me some votes? I mean, <laughs> I have those little things. <laughs> one of those little things. Since this is the first podcast of the year, one yeah. of the things as we're rolling out our dough, and we have here a very basic cream cheese dough. Um, yes. It has absolutely no sugar in it. All the sugar we apply after <laughs> the dough. So it's not your... It's a tradition, very old-fashioned traditional rugelach. More modern ones will have sugar in the dough, which tends to make them a little flakier, tends to make them last longer. But I wanted to go a little less sweet at the start of the new year. Ah, is that a bigger symbol for darkness and a lack of sweetness that you're seeing? Or tell us what, you know, in the, in the mind <laughs> of the real baker here, not the fake TV baker that I am, what, tell me, but what, what there's something behind that decision. I'd actually like there not to be darkness. I think there should be much sweetness in the world in the uh -huh. coming year and also in the halls of justice. Uh -huh. So as we're rolling this out and we have a nice little disc, you have a nice little disc. I got a nice, nice little, little disc, disc right here. Look at and that. I mean, I, you can look at it. Not, I, the listeners I can, but I'm holding up. Everybody, he's holding up a beautiful disc of dough. Um, <laughs> and this, this dough itself is so mindlessly simple to make. Am I correct? It is mindlessly simple to make. It's literal. I mean, again, you have, we're talking about bakers. I'm sure there are people who'd be mystified by this, but it's basically flour, butter, cream cheese. You put them in a food processor and you press a button. And the next thing you know, you got this beautiful disc to hold up on your podcast. It's, it's like magic. It's like, it's like, all, it's yeah. like indictment magic. Yeah. Is that how we get it done? We're going to roll out our dough now into a disc about 11 or 12 inches. And the secret to this, which I shared with Mr. Williams, courtesy of the recipe, which I will post at some point shortly after we do this podcast, is every time you roll, you roll from the center to almost the edge, and then you turn it a quarter turn, and then you mm -hmm. press from the center and out to the edge, but not completely to the edge, and turn. And that way you keep getting round. Last year, much of what I'm calling Twitter America, Ah. Turns out, you know, turns out a lot of America doesn't actually pay a jot of attention to the news, even local news. And so those of us who sit there panting in front of Twitter every day, I would, ah. I'm talking about myself. You, of course, are very level headed. Have there, we, there's like two groups that keep res, that respond to the news and in my Twitter feed. And yes, I have my bubble of a Twitter feed. But in my mm -hmm. Twitter feed, we have the group of people who respond to Merrick Garland speaking or talks of sedition or the name Trump being mentioned and go, oh, this is it. This is the big one. We're going to see them in orange jumpsuits and they're going to be led straight out of wherever they are. And they're going to be put into the slammer and they get so happy and they're, they're, they're the optimists. And then they're the pessimists, the Eeyores of this world who go, oh, yeah, nothing's ever going to happen. Where do you fall in that camp? Yeah. So as of today, 
Number one, as a prosecutor, former prosecutor type, lawyers rarely like going out there without knowing their ducks are in a row and things are perfectly lined up. You know, you never want to be without your net. And I'll tie this to baking because, Marissa, I am holding right here a tape measure because I don't trust myself to know what 11 inches looks like as I roll out this 11 inch circle. And I assure you, I was like, just a second ago, I said, wait a second, I think I just hit 11 inches. It's six inches right here. So, all right, so that's, that's point one. Point two is I am very much, frankly, much to the chagrin of many people on social media, you know, just not not as doomsday as many others are, and certainly not, not as, oh my God, this is the big one, as many others are. I have long said and taken the view, so let's take January 6th, that it takes a long time to build investigations. It just does, number one. Number two, even things that may seem perfectly obvious to the casual viewer may not actually be sustainable as a matter of law. And so let's talk about this January 6th sedition indictment just yesterday. Yes, we saw it and watched it all play out in plain view and television cameras. You know there was violence. You know there was a speech by the president, Rudy Giuliani, and so on. So, okay, so what's so hard? How do you prove seditious? Why, why can't you just charge these guys with sedition? Well, yeah. <laughs> proving an agreement between two people to use force or threat to delay or disrupt the function of government is actually harder than you might think to establish. Because number one, you got to prove the agreement. And merely the fact that two guys were at the Capitol building at the same time breaking the windows down doesn't mean that there are text messages between them saying, hey, buddy, take this battering ram, take this bear spray, and let's go in together. That's point one. Number two, and as bonkers as this may sound, Marissa, to delay or disrupt the function of government or, or a government function, establishing that someone intended to do that is also tricky because folks might have just been wanting to beat up cops or just gauge, engage in your little average run-of-the-mill white supremacy or whatever, but not actually seeking to um, intentionally disrupt Congress. I know, again, as common sense, it doesn't make sense, but but you got to, and these, these cases, you know, they can get thrown out by a judge. So it took a while to build. And so I just, as a general matter, I'm in the camp of just let them just give it a couple months. This hasn't been that long in a year, in two years, in five years. Well, you know, you can take years to build an investigation, then let the history books decide if they failed in their duty. But I think right now, even a year in, they're actually doing pretty, rem working at a pretty breakneck pace with the kinds of charges they've gotten thus far. That's just my view. Well, that's why I asked you, because your view is, I think it's important for us to, to take a, a step back. I think the pe reason people are getting a little frothy around the mouth is because we have a midterm election coming up and they yes, feel that. True. So that's, that's part of it. I mean, that said, it's true, though, that Merrick Garland will still be there after the midterm. So Indeed. And law will still be the same after the midterm. It, it, it will. Right. And that and, you know, folks have made the point. And by the way, my I just measured my disc is at eight inches. I thought it was 11. Still not close. We're still got about 25 percent to go here. Are you rolling out both the years or just one of them right now? Just one. OK. One at a time. One of the arguments. So one of the arguments, if you remember, Steve Bannon is the one thus far who has been charged with contempt of Congress for 
violating a subpoena. And one of the arguments made, and certainly I made the, the point on air, and I'm sure that many others did too, is that even if the January 6th commission ceases to exist in a year, which I think it probably will, just based looking at the politics and the reality of it, once the Congress changes hands, which it seems history would indicate that it will, any criminal charges that are pending will still remain and they will, they will go on. Now, look, that's a fight for another day and it'll keep happening. But you're right. The Justice Department, it operates independently of the political cycle and will still be there. I mean, that's something we have to take as hopeful because we need to start out with our resolutions for the year. And I'd like to make hopeful one of them. The charges yesterday took a while to come together because charge of conspiracy is different than a charge for sedition or it's called seditious conspiracy. Yeah. Are they two, two different animals? That's a great question. And so what you're charging people with is the agreement to come together and disrupt the functions of government. The interesting thing about conspiracies in general, you can have this in narcotics or terrorism or anything. It's going to carry the same penalty as the underlying crime. So conspiracy to bake, if we were illegal, and, and actually this would be a conspiracy right now, and I'll tell you why. We've done two things. We've done, we have conspired to create a baking podcast on, in the eyes of the law for two reasons. Number one, we have an agreement to, to do so, like, hey, let's, let's bake and let's do a podcast, number one. And number two, we have committed overt acts in furtherance of the conspiracy, namely by taking out this rolling pin I'm holding in my hand right now and waving on the screen as you are as well, we have engaged in what's called an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. And even if my baking by myself were a crime and your yeah. baking by yourself were also a similar crime, the penalties would be the same for the conspiracy or the crime itself. So even if you were charging an individual with just sedition, it's the same sentence, a 20-year maximum for, for the same act. So you and I are up for the crime of seditious baking. Seditious baking. And the reason it's a problem, and the reason it will take a while to prosecute us is, one, they have to get my Twitter records that say, hey, Elliot, what should we cook? And two, they'll have to like get my visa card to find out that I went to the shop right this morning and bought cream cheese. All the above. Right? That's, that's exactly it. All that's exactly above. it. Number one, it's the agreement to do this together as opposed to, oh, we were just on a Zoom call and I happened to have discs <laughs> of, of easy dough on the counter in front of me. And the steps you took like using your credit card. But by these, that actually sums up how conspiracy works quite well. It's the wink and the nod. The wink, do you want to do it? The nod, yeah, let's go. Okay, and when do we get to sing sedition? As in like sedition? Like, can, <laughs> like it was Fiddler on the Roof. I really feel like yeah. maybe that's, you know, Rugala, <laughs> sedition, tradition. I think, you know, we came up with our own theme just. Who is the man who was using <laughs> signal to conspire? You know, spraying out the bear spray, there he goes. Oh, this is good. Okay, folks, I sang Memory with Jen Pao, but I think this may, you know, we're making up our own lyrics here. So <laughs> the Proud Boys, the Proud Boys, the Proud Boys. Yes. Who needs the, <laughs> the czar? I have now a beautiful disc of dough, just like they were making back in Anatevka in the olden days. Oh, look at you. It all comes full circle. My my disc sucks, but um, 
you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, my New Year's resolution is my New Year's resolution is to be kinder to myself. My it's like I it's less of a disc and more like the shape of Great Britain in dough form on my counter. Um, so we're gonna we'll call it a disc. It's a it's a disc that's still finding itself. It's um, so and you know, and it's only January. And why should the disc be any farther along in its quest for itself? We for, have to be kinder to each other. For full discord, yes, yes, yes. Now, Mine's beautiful, Elliot. It really, I've really done a good job, but I will say, so I'm trying to be more positive. Many women of like self-denigration, self-deprecation sure. is a big deal this year. I'm trying really hard not to. Do you think I'll be okay at that? That was me uh, looking for approval. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Did you not understand that? Uh, let me explain it. It's my fault. <laughs> I often roll out my dough and it ends up not being a circle, but it looks a lot like the country of France. And I always take that as a good sign because the French are really good. French, hello. <laughs> exactly. We have here, because it's for Georgia, go Georgia, Bulldogs. I have some delicious peach jam that I'm going to smear all over this 12-inch beautiful circle of dough. And I'm not going to go all the way to the edges, edges, but I'm going to wow. do a pretty good job of it. I've heated this up. Now, it's no longer what we would call hot, especially since my kitchen is freezing cold you're gonna hear me um, uh, warming mine up right now and back in the background oh look at that look at that <laughs> that'll be for 30 seconds that's 30 seconds he's gonna have delightfully warm spreadable peach jam spreadable peach jam i've kept the little bits of peach that actually prove that this is peach jam in my jam but if i were like say cooking for the queen or something who i know doesn't like bits things in her food I would strain it to be very particular. Is she the only existing member of the royal family now? Or that's really funny. And is that <laughs> is that true or is that fake news? Like, does the queen actually not like stuff in her food? Uh, she has really, really dull, dull tastes, and really like, and only eats a, a number of foods. That's my understanding. Here's She's, here's a good one for you. No, here's one for you along those lines. George W. Bush. <laughs> so stop right there george w bush george w bush <laughs> in the white house it was no wet fish he wouldn't eat wet fish it was literally he would eat like you could bread and fried like flounder or whatever wouldn't eat like them nuts on his rider for on his, <laughs> there's like, a there's a codicil uh <laughs> to the anyway sorry to cut you off no you didn't no wet fish it's just such a disgusting way to describe it. I wouldn't really want to eat anything that's like wet yes. fish. Yes. Damp squid, you know? <laughs> yeah, damp squid. Yeah, damp squid. Um, which is a great, I think, British expression. Um, is it really? Huh. Okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm spreading squid. out my jam too. I'm spreading out my jam here. This is, you know, the fun thing about rugelach is they're fun to play with. It's kind of like sweet pizza. You're making a little pizza <laughs> dough here. Um, uh -huh. You have started in december something uh -huh. um, ah. that i like to feel was inspired by me which is um <laughs> you were doing cnn opinion and you were doing these wonderful sort of teaching moments while baking so it was double yes. teaching moments we tell me a little bit about what you were doing because i want people to go and watch them and the one i want them to especially watch is the christmas one because it is so brilliantly snarky that it pleases me Yes. I, I, so about the war on Christmas, the war on Christmas. So, right. So the series was called, wait for it, drum roll, 
yeah. Elliot Williams needs with a K to know. Need. Right? Get it? Because like, because because like need you need dough, and one could have a want to acquire more information in the form of needing. It it wait, all wait. makes sense. And uh, wait, ne- I get it. Right? Right? <laughs> I I'd ask CNN, um, can we do just get baked, get baked with Elliot Williams? They didn't that. No, not, no, not, no, maybe not next year when everything's next. a little better in that situation. So I haven't seen online that people say people who smoke um, marijuana, they don't get COVID. <laughs> and I just think there are a whole bunch of people out there going, well, it couldn't hurt. Um, <laughs> I mean, at this point, like, you know, <laughs> whatever. whatever. I do not condone any of these things. This is not a real scientific fact, people. I, it's just something I heard on the interwebs. I'm going to pause from kneading to kno because I really want to pronounce it that way because all those KNs in there, it's perfect, yeah. right? Yeah. You put jam down. On top of the jam, we're adding a little sugar and spice, literally. Um, yeah. I beefed up the level of... Sh- we You sprinkle sugar and I originally decided to do ginger because ginger, peach, delicious. I realized with my first batch that I did, there was not enough ginger to please me in it. So I <laughs> pumped it up. And I also added, because I can't get over Christmas taste, some pumpkin pie spice to it to really add a little more sports to it, you know, a little more strength. So <laughs> you do what you want. I'm sprinkling some sugar and okay, okay. Um, spice over the top of the jam. So yes, it's extra sugar, but there's no sugar in the dough. You and you know this. what? And you are, Marissa, it is 2022. You are living your best <laughs> life. And damn it, if you want to put more sugar in your roulette, you are, it is your God. Freedom, freedom, patriot. That's what they would be freedom. saying. Exactly. I'm a sugar oath keeper. Um, <laughs> what, what, do you have any like predictions about how this is all going to impact people like the oath keepers? Are they going to disappear tomorrow? Because Okay, I know it's not going to happen. But like, how does this impact? Do you foresee some sort of war between the peoples? Some people like get a little like to panic about things like civil war. Um, I'm not there yet. But Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, not, well, number one, let me, number one, the individual who was just Stuart Rhodes, who was just charged yesterday, one of his texts from November 5th. 2020 was there's no way to do this without civil war. There is no legal way to do this. And I actually think January 6th wasn't, it breaks my heart to say it. And we're going to be uplifting today because we're making peaches and ginger and spice and all that. No, it's balanced. We have cookies so we can talk about whatever horrible we can talk about. Yeah. I'm, I'm not convinced that January 6th was an isolated incident that was the end. I'm not saying it's the beginning of the end of the American Republic or whatever, or the American Empire, no, no, no. if you want to call it that. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not convinced you don't see more of this. I would actually say we'll definitely see more of this. And I would think that this event yesterday with saying that he was a seditionist and he and his friends were seditionists will only make it worse in that way that it can inflame things. But maybe I'm a little off base here, but that's what I think. Because they're going to see that the government has come against, is against them, and they're going to say, you know what, we don't need that. We are our own government. You know, this whole podcast started so that you don't feel the need to be positive. Um, the need or the knead? <laughs> the knead. You don't need or knead 
to be positive because or you just need to be real is that um, this started at the begin at uh, the end of December, at uh, the end of 2020, when I realized that I wanted to talk about politics and what's going on in the world because it's pretty intense. But I also thought we needed some sort of some form of soothing recreation. And um, yeah. while doing it, because I and the best conversations to me happen in the kitchen, people at their most relaxed, usually. And that's why this podcast came into being so that we could talk about things that are very important to us, but all also while sort of self-soothing with fake goods. I find it much easier to talk about horrible things that are going on that way. And look, that was part of the, the initial push impulse behind Elliot Williams needs to know combining important. So the four issues of the four episodes we did were one, it was critical race theory while baking a rainbow themed cake for my daughter. One, two was um, drug reform while talking while baking brownies. Brownies. You got your baked in there. Yeah, Got my baked. Uh, Oh, well, there were a couple of references to getting baked in that episode. Three DC statehood while making a chocolate city chocolate cake. And number four was, Chris, is there a war on Christmas while baking Christmas cookies with my kids? And some of it was a way of getting different audiences to just tune in, right? There are people who might listen to The Secret Life of Cookies, but may not read The New York Times. I doubt that. But you get my point. There are people who watch CNN who may not to read Time Magazine or may not look at TikTok or, and this was, there, there is a class of viewer, mostly younger, that consumes their information online in the form of cute, even snappy videos or Snapchat or so on. And we thought, you know, why don't we try to tap into that a little bit with some op-eds while doing something unrelated and soothing and even mesmerizing to watch, like chopping and grinding and mixing and baking and so on. And icing, icing is very soothing. Your Christmas one was a, a, a- piece of brilliance because you spent the whole time (laughs) offering statistics to the viewer like oh my god only x hundred thousand million dollars were spent on christmas years christmas gifts last year huh must be a war on christmas it was a very good and you made some really interesting cookies it was it's like an almond wreath cookies is it like family recipe or just not at all this i'm sorry (laughs) i shouldn't even admit this I brainstormed. I know uh, this is the confession. Breaking news: CNN focus on CNN video was completely insincere. And no, it was I. I, That for that one, I picked some. I was going to do Christmas cookies. Whatever it would have been, a a chocolate or a ginger, whatever. Some Christmas scene scene thing. This is a safe zone, Elliot. (laughs) As you speak into a microphone, Elliot. It is perfectly off the record. No, 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 I'm teasing. But no, no, I picked I picked those based on the visual because they were just so fun to watch. It's like even I had fun shooting it and just setting up the tripod with the red and green maraschino cherries and the confectioner sugar that comes down like snow and so on. Right. It, just, it was just a fun visual. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the confession, nice. but the other confession versus was that, in fact, I hate almond flavor. And they were, I know, I know. So do I. I hate it really. too. I know. But did you make yeah, a whole video a about almond? Uh, I've used, um, I use almond flavoring. Almond flavoring has its place. Like uh-huh. if the next time you make vanilla frosting, yeah, put 
a dripple, like uh, we would say uh, in the old country, a dripple dropple. I just made it up. You, <laughs> a little, uh, like a drop or two of almond extract in it, along with the vanilla. And it really beefs the flavor. Beef? That's the wrong expression. But it really boosts <laughs> the flavor. Can I tell you a fun um, fact? And you don't get that, you don't get that sicky almond yeah. flavor. Mm. It's funny. Um, no, but um, the, the the necessity being the mother of invention. My daughter's birthday cake when she turned two. I did a similar rainbow theme. Not I did I did a rainbow theme with the buttercream. So I sort of put. You'll love this. I put I red through purple into rolled them up into little essentially big joints in in saran wrap. Loaded them <laughs> in. Well, here's a different metaphor. Loaded them in like like ordinance like like ammo into the pastry yeah. bag and then squirted it out and so it came out in rainbow colors and then piped that onto the cake yeah right but the thing is i ran because you know i was using a staggering amount of <laughs> confectioner sugar and butter and and vanilla yeah. i just ran out of extra vanilla extract and i just sort of threw some almond in and somebody said wow is this like a like marzipan themed birthday cake this is really good and yeah you're right nice little kick yeah the other thing i do though is I um, put some masking tape around my bottle of almond extract so I don't confuse it with the vanilla, which has happened. Oh, my Lord. I'm just saying. It was a bad day. Let's talk briefly about something else that really that came to light because I was watching or was looking at sort of in passing the Rachel Maddow show yesterday. And there were some things that came to light about electors in some of the battleground states putting together sending um, the notes, the certificates of votes from the electors suggesting that they, that Trump won. And it makes me shake my head. And we could talk about the gall and the amazing sort of personality types that would allow this sort of thing to happen, that they would think that, that it was okay to do that. But it's not okay to do that. And it's as we, as I would say in my non-legal terms, it's really, really against the law, isn't it? <laughs> like really, really. <laughs> Should these people go to jail? Is something going to happen? Do you have any sense of this? So yeah, so I, I, you know, I'm not sure of the particulars of this one as to like whether you you hit the bar for criminality. Have you had Joyce Vance on yet? I think you have, right? As I Joyce have. Joyce has the best expression. It's even if even if it doesn't hit the bar for criminality, it's awful but lawful at a oh. minimum. At a minimum, it's going to be stuff that's just shady. But you know, Marissa, it's just part of this bigger idea around elections. And you know, I'm going to say his name, Mr. Trump, uh, has taken to another level this idea that when you don't like the outcome of elections, they are inherently fraudulent, and it's now become. The divide in the country, there's many divides. It's not just right left anymore. It's do you believe in the integrity of systems versus do you want the ultimate disruption of systems and believe that they're all flawed and all broken when your team loses? And you've probably seen a wave of articles that are being written now about supporters of these election lies being put in as secretaries of state around the country, that they're being installed. Yeah. Madness. (laughs) Just madness. And how do we let that happen? I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, I find it very, very disconcerting. Overall, you're in the middle of it. You're in the fray um, as a legal analyst for CNN. But I feel that there's been 
much more attention paid to trials that have been ongoing, legal issues that are ongoing. Is that, do you think that's a sea change in the fact there are just that many more trials and things going on out there? Or do you think it's just a human interest? It's there's there people want to know what's going on. They have a greater interest in knowing what's going on legally or, or there's just more bad stuff going on out there. I think uh, a little of column A and a little of column V. I think the, these questions about the integrity of elections and can we trust our systems are actually tearing at the fiber of the country far more than debates about any of these issues that people have bickered about for generations, be it guns or abortion or God in schools or critical race theory or anything. It, you know, this whole idea that we cannot trust even that elections are real or that government is being honest with you. That, that's one of the great tragedies of the moment we're in right now. And in fact, taking it even a step further, around January 6th, the anniversary, which we just hit you know, what, a week or two ago from the day we're recording here, uh, on January 6th, I, I was struck by how many people said that this is not who we are. None of this is who we are as a moment. And it actually is. We are at a moment in our history in which faith in systems is really being tested and really being pushed by, uh, it's, it's mostly coming from Republicans, but, but it's bad. And, and th this actually is increasingly who we are. And that's, to me, the greatest threat that we face. It, it's, it's the lack of faith in democracy coming from an entire half of the country or third of the country, whatever it might be. Right. They're not necessarily people who sit there listening to Fox News all the time. This is a lot that's happening, I think, on the ground or on the Internet. But a lot of people talk about, yeah, sure, people are being provoked by networks that, you know, say things that they do about vaccines, um, not oh. being, you know, uh, the, the right thing to do. Um, and I've, you know, seen a lot of terrible uh, backlash from that. I don't know. People have died because of it. But I also believe that a lot of this is happening on the ground in places like in, in ways that we have can have very little impact over right oath keepers are doing their thing on the internet and it's very hard to get to affect it unless yeah. legally no i was gonna say yeah and i focus so much per custom on some of the legal questions and the election integrity and so on i didn't even we haven't even said the word vaccine yet and number one, the fact the vaccine mandate just struck down this week. Another legal story that blew up our Georgia Bulldogs themed uh, Absolutely. <laughs> but but more to the point, the the idea that somehow public health has gotten politicized. I say somehow as if I don't know how, but but you get my point. It's <laughs> I do. but but it gets but back I think to the it's idea. Okay yeah. To wonder at it with somehow. Yeah, but it gets back to that idea. Just gets back to the idea of um, I, the, you just can't trust the government. You simply can't trust the government, and I and our fixation on liberty as a nation, which was one of the great virtues of America, but has also undone our public health. Isn't it ironic? Not to sing another song, but isn't it ironic that? Um, <laughs> Don't you think we? we <laughs> isn't it ironic that we see? this distrust of government coming from government officials. You think if I, I, the, my greatest, the, my favorite moment this week was watching Dr. Fauci at the age of 81 sitting there 
just letting, is he from Brooklyn or the Bronx? Letting it all hang out. He was a borough boy who just went, let me tell you a thing or two, Rand Paul. You have completely politicized this. So we're supposed to not have a faith in our government institutions, but the people who are, in a sense, running our government are the people telling us not to have faith, which is a quiet irony that bothers me every day. You know, look, I think one of the great victories, conservative victories of the last, let's say, two years, three years now, whatever year it is, I don't know, is the painting of Anthony Fauci as a partisan warlord. They took this sinecure doctor, this guy, this pointy-headed guy who is, I believe, a career... I believe a career government official. He's been Absolutely. at NIAD for a long time. Even if he, you know, maybe he's, you get my point. A long time, years. a long time in government and made him the partisan face of the opposition. And it, you know, when I see, and I think you hear me, you were nodding and viewers can't, the listeners can't see that. I'm not saying it was a victory and that it was good for humanity, but it was a political and communications victory because somehow the fact that we're having this debate over and look and you know and another another fact about me that that affects my thing on all this i have the great fortune of being married to a public health official Man. right with a, with a phd in public health and so i you know i, I we, we have these conversations uh, and i hear sort of a more learned approach to to many of these issues and something that she got me on very early on in this is that science evolves so case in point HIV was first discovered, what is it, 79, 81, you know, a a while ago. But even today, scientists are discovering things by the day about how HIV mutates, can be blocked, can be passed, can be spread, and so on. And now you're talking four decades later. COVID-19, simply based on the fact that it's named COVID-19, is only two plus years old. Um, and the fact that there are vaccines already in treatment, and it's remarkable. But somehow people got into their, didn't get into their heads early on that science can evolve. And it became, well, Anthony Fauci's lying because he said one thing one day and he said a different thing another day. It is mind boggling that we are here. It is mind boggling. And I wish there was some, I could hand people listening some sort of answer to this. Like, don't worry, it's going to be fine. But I think this is another thing that we have to approach in the coming year, which is people's interest in science um, or respect for science has been going downhill Mm. for a while. Right. I think we sort of peaked at one point in like the 70s. And from then it's been trickling down. But I'm not a Ph.D. in that, so I'm not going to say anything. But that's one of the things I've noticed. And I at this point, like covid and our states and suffering from it, people suffering from it, people dying from it, our whole lives being impacted from it, doesn't make people change their mind that, hey, science is a really good thing and we should listen to it. I really, it's, it's like I felt after the Newtown shooting. Watching what happened in Newtown, Connecticut doesn't impact our gun laws, then what is? Nothing will. Nothing will. Nothing will. If literally, Newtown was the perfect test case because you had guns that were procured that were not rightfully the shooter's guns, number one, and were not properly secured. Mm-hmm. Number two, vulnerable victims in the form of children. Number three, taking place at a school. Number four, not self-defense. Number five, I mean, just it wasn't a hunting accident. 
any possible variable that you could have accounted for. It was literally the test case or control sample for more sensible firearm regulation in some way. And it just, it, you know, it just didn't, just didn't happen. It's, um, but you know, you know, last point on COVID related to all of this. So one of the things I also do is host on Sirius XM and I take callers and get people from from around the country, different, they're, they're Sirius XM consumers. So they're somewhat learned, but um, from across the political spectrum. And one guy said, you know, look, I don't know about these masks. One day, you know, we were wearing masks and people still get it and you get it. And I still got COVID or my sister did and she weren't. And so why are we wearing masks at all? And I said, okay, I like, I, I get your concern, mm-hmm. but there's a wealth of data suggesting, not even suggesting, making clear that without masks, if two people are wearing, you know, without masks, what the spread would have been. So the question ought not to be, why are we wearing masks? And they don't work. The question ought to be, how much worse would it have been were at least some of us not masked? And the fact that he and others just go straight there, it's just, ay, ay, ay. But your response was brilliant. And how did he respond? I, it was, I mean, it was just sort of, you know, we, we went back and forth on it a little bit. I mean, I think he, he yeah. has in his head that, bec- and I think this is, this is a function of how Americans see health which is that there's got to be a pill, there's got to be a shot, there's got to be a thing that can fix it and make it go away. That's how we as Americans in this era, we want a quick fix for everything. And his, his whole way of thinking was that if this thing doesn't work in the way that I assume it should, therefore it, it, it's, it's worthless. And my point was, well, I don't know if you realize what the world would be like if nobody was wearing KN95s now. Right. And I also got upset when the president was given monoclonal antibodies as like a test case and everybody suddenly thought, I mean, I think for a lot of people, they react to it by saying, oh, good. I don't really have to worry about it because I can go to the doctor and I can get monoclonal antibodies, which, of course, we should dispense that knowledge that there is that hope out there. Yes. But I don't think we do it. But to your point, there's a pill for it. I don't have to worry about it. The trick with cutting up things in pie shapes is to cut it into quarters first and then cut each quarter down into its own little pie shapes. And we're going to do that. I'm sorry, you were about to say something deep and profound. Well, it's so funny. Like, you know, you, you, you have me on as a um, legal analyst and, you know, government consultant and whatever. But all I'm talking about are my um, wife and college roommate, who's a family physician. But his point was, this comes up in the context of orthopedics as well which is that Americans, like half of Americans have lower back trouble, something like that, like a staggering number. And most of them could fix it by simply just going to physical therapy and doing 15 minutes of exercises every morning. But the rate at which Americans get lower back surgery, spinal fusion and cortisone shots and so on is through the roof. But it just gets back to this whole idea of we want the quick fix. Maybe it ties into information and um, social media yeah. and so on. We want everything now. And maybe this is the beauty of, of as I'm baking with you, there's just something so soothing about running this knife through this dough. It's just, right? It's in a world where we're always plugged in and moving so fast, just cutting up dough. This is, uh, wow. It's right. It's soothing, right? And it's so tidy and there's a beginning and an end, which yeah. is why I like baking. They're rules. You have to follow them. And I, I just, I find it obviously very soothing and especially in the times that we're in. 
not to mention when you have baked goods, you then get to give them to people and you get to make people smile. So Mm -hmm. while I'm not a public health official, although I do offer masks to anybody who gets near me who's not wearing one, and will probably get into a fist fight when I head down to the southern part of this country tomorrow um, with people not wearing them. I like to think that I do some my small bit of good by just, you know, making sure people have some cookies to eat and my, some sense about the news. Yeah. Really. So my uh, in the, the very first, the critical race theory or the rainbow cake video, the when, when you look at if you look at it on YouTube, all the comments are let's go, Brandon, which is a sign that I oh. touched something. No, I said the word race and people immediately went to let's go, Brandon. But all the positive ones are oh my goodness, look at your daughter's face when you reveal the cake. And it literally, you know, and I think that's why we do this, right? People, you put this big good in front of them and it's just ah, a moment. Exactly. Yeah. And we need, and lately we've needed more than that than usual. To me, I had that moment when they had this sedition chart yesterday. I had a bit of a, a nodding of my stomach. I was like, good. This is, mm. let's just, I, I want to talk about that a little bit before we, we have to leave. Mm-hmm. And just to sort of wrap up this idea, which mm-hmm. is in case we didn't make it clear, this charge yesterday mm-hmm. is a bigger deal than other charges that have been brought. I oh, say that with yeah. a rising inflection. Yes. <laughs> you know what you if you were a lawyer, that is called a leading question. It's you know, you weren't, you know, Ms. Rothkopf, you were not baking on Friday the 14th, were you? You weren't doing that, right? Uh, um, define uh, baking. <laughs> it depends on what the definition of bake definition is, of bake. right? <laughs> oh, it's much bigger. It's much bigger the nature of the offense. Number one, it carries a 20-year maximum. Now, look, no one's getting 20 years. That's the way people are sentenced when they're convicted of crimes in the United States is um, there's, a, there's a formula under the, the sentencing guidelines based on their criminal history and the victims and all that, how much money was lost and so on. No one ever gets the, the maximum. So it'll be probably a measure of many, many, many months, if not many, many years, but not 20 years. But by far, a lot of the charges that have come thus far have been conspiracy to obstruct Congress trespassing on federal property and so on, even, even at the misdemeanor level, but not, um, not rising to the level of uh, a 20-year offense. So, oh, no, this is a big, big, big deal. And may, might draw in a few others at the same time? I think so, yeah. Now, look, if I heard your leading question, and I know <laughs> what many of your listeners may want to hear, yes. well, what about Donald Trump? I, oh, I, I didn't bring that up. <laughs> How about Roger um, Stone? About what about Roger Stone? Stone? No, oh, because Roger Stone's name in the indictment. Um, one of the guys was um, uh, you know, a security force of Roger Stone. Look, I, I, one thing I would be blunt about is that based on the information that is in the public record right now, there is not enough to sustain a, a criminal sedition, seditious conspiracy charge against Donald Trump. There just isn't, right? You don't have the kind of agreement that would be necessary to do it. Now, Maybe there are criminal charges, you know, obstruction of Congress or so on, maybe, but mm-hmm. you just you just don't have it right now for the president. But no, others definitely. And I think one thing to keep in mind is that right now, all you have are people who were there on January 6th. So Oath Keepers guy Rhodes was physically on the grounds of the Capitol building, but but never entered the Capitol. What about the folks back home? 
And there yeah. are people all around the country who may have been texting and guiding and directing who could also be pulled into the conspiracy. So there's yeah. still, even if you don't go way up to the president of the United States, there's still many, many more criminal charges coming, I think. Okay. I, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, <laughs> while you've been um, talking, I've been glazing the rugelach so that we can add more sugar to the exterior of it. And I'm using of demerara sugar to... I glazed it with, with an egg beaten with some water just to thin it out so it's not all gloopy. Just in case anybody ever wonders, why do you add water to an egg glaze? That's why. Sometimes mm-hmm. I even add a little salt to it to help break it down even further. But uh-huh. we'll see. You know, I'm just saying it's a little crazy. In case anybody wants to know the extras. Soon we'll have to go, but I want to ask you, um, are you going to be doing any more of these need-to-knows in the coming year in which there's a lot for us to know? I, I don't know yet. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm talking to, to the folks at CNN about whether it makes sense to do more of them. But, you know, I, to me, part of the, the fun, I, I think the best episodes were the ones where there was a specific tie-in to the thing we were baking, right? And that's sort of what inspired Peaches in Georgia today, which is, you know, it's let's have a pun or something cute and funny. <laughs> Um, and so maybe, so yeah, so maybe we can come up with more clever ideas. There's always more cleverness to be had uh, in the world. So yeah, who knows? That's how I, how I roll every week. Totally Love true. it. Can I see one of your rugelach? Any of them? Well, so here's yet? the, th- can I make a confession? Here's the confession. You were talking and I doing it? I do it. No, 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 no. Um, I don't quite understand the rolling. Okay. Um, and wanted to make sure, and I was almost going to ask you about it. I know we're, we're running up on time, but sort of, you know, there's the, the point, the, the small point of the triangle, which you start with, but no, 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 no. Okay. Tell me, tell me. People didn't see at home. I was waving my hands frantically like, no, 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 stop. No, 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 no. <laughs> stop the plane. You start at the exterior of the circle and you roll it towards the, the point because that <sighs> little point gets tucked underneath like this. I'll show you. You see my little point? Okay. And that's why you get a wide one that looks like this. You can see this was the edge of my circle that I rolled up in here. Is this generally the... That's generally you... it here. That's exactly it. Here, I'm going to unroll this one just for you. Oh, wow. Look at that. See? And so we're going to roll it up, 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 up. And then the little end gets tucked underneath and placed on. That's what goes down onto got the it. baking sheet got so it, it sort got of it, got it. Um, keeps it rolled up there so yeah no so it's so funny like uh marissa i was watching you this whole time folks can't see this like your hands furiously working and twisting and rolling and i was getting all self-conscious about the fact that i didn't know like which end to start rolling from and uh, was going to ask the question but we were so much there was so much insurrection and criming to talk about <laughs> that i didn't want to interrupt yeah, we should all. We should always be willing to interrupt criming with cookies. Um, that'll yeah. be the next. Your next version on CNN will be criming and cookies. Criming and cookies. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to go on to make my next batch. Mm-hmm. I may make them non-Georgian, and I may make them with raspberry jam, nuts, oh. and chopped up chocolate, because you know, chocolate. Um. chocolate. I thought about. I thought about bringing chocolate out. I thought about it, but I also, we're starting slow here. I've never made these before, and I also didn't want to, I'm, I'm basically baking with the master here and wanted to yeah. just 
to just go entry level, not not AP bio, <laughs> not BC no, no. calculus, none of that. No, 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 no. This is no, no. remedial. And, and, and people think rugelach are like a pain in the ass or that they're fussy or that they're really hard to make. And no. it turns out they're kind of fun, right? This was, oh my gosh, if there's one takeaway for folks, it's, I mean, and, you know, they look impressive. They look, and pastries have always, I'll be candid, pastries always sort of frightened me a little bit, a little bit. It's intimidating. It's, these are really straightforward. Like we were joking as snobby bakers in the beginning about how easy yep. the, the dough was to make. But no, quite the, this is this, these were very easy. The dough, you just gotta, you gotta set time aside for it because, you know, you need to chill it and so on. But very easy. But the dough itself also, like, if you didn't want to do this, you could roll it out, put it in a pie pan, dock it with a fork and make a beautiful tart out of it. You could oh. cut this dough up into little squares, fill them with, say, I don't know, Nutella, and then bring it all up together. So look, everybody at home, this man, like, I think he had the Nutella in his hand while <laughs> we were talking. Well, I, I actually just have a, a can of Nutella in my hand all the time. <laughs> um, it's case. sort of like, it's like my security Nutella. It just, it's like Linus <laughs> and the blanket, but no, it's just the Nutella uh, uh, makes me feel whole. So yes, th- uh, there it is. People, if you had any sense of what was going on in the legal world these days, just know that Elliot Williams feels compelled to carry security Nutella with him at all times, <laughs> just to keep him, keep him balanced. So yeah, this dough is, you would have a great time if you just made little squares, put a little dollop of it, and just made sure you, that none of it can leak out, pinched it all together, brushed it with some egg wash, sprinkled it with some sugar, et voila. So it's Amazing. a great dough to know. I am not going to refrigerate these, as I said. I'm going to put oh. them straight in the oven for about 20 minutes. Oh, okay. If you feel like yours have gotten, like you've been manhandling them or they're getting a little like soft and you see the butter starting to get too warm, then put mm. them in the refrigerator. But otherwise, you can put them right in the oven. Okay, and, I'm, and basically I'm just, I, we were you know, talking about all the criming. All I'm doing now is so I'm just going to glaze a little bit with uh, some of this butter wash, sprinkle some of my fancy sugar on it, mm-hmm. and then call it a day. And call it a day. And <sighs> speaking of calling it a day, I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours because there's a lot to talk about. Aww. But I think we can, we have to call it a day. And I hope your rugelach, please send me a picture of your rugelach and let me know how they come out. And I thank you so much for coming on as my first guest for 2022 with some really monumentous news to talk about. So thank it you. Really, yeah. Th- and thank you so much for having me. And more importantly, for just the underlying point of this very podcast, Marissa. And like you said, there's just something to be said for having an escape, whether it's fitness or meditation or yoga, or frankly, smoking, whatever, I don't know, whatever, <laughs> it, whatever it is for, no, but whatever it is, something to take your mind off. And even if we don't want to be talk about doomsday of politics and all that, maybe you're an optimist about helping, whatever, but just something that makes you and or others feel good, particularly in the middle of a global pandemic, baking is one such thing. And I can't say it enough how soothing, again, this act here of just brushing butter on is, I've become that guy. I've become I mean, you, you've been that woman for a long time. I've become that guy. It's just. I'm glad you have. Just, Thank you to Elliot for joining me. 
You can find the recipe for rugelach at marissarotkopf.com, but you can have it delivered to your mailbox and by it, I mean the recipe. I'm afraid I can't deliver the cookies to you. You can have it delivered, the recipe, to your mailbox if you sign up for my Substack at marissarotcup.substack.com. Please share, retweet, tell a friend, tell 20 friends. And I mean it when I ask for reviews on Apple. Thank you so much. It's nice to be back with you again. 2022, welcome. A healthy and happy one to you. 